0: There. Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson. I'm here to dish out practical advice to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. So you know, we're going to be covering ground in the real estate industry. But you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. We are here today with Matt Kersky of Gardens of Babylon, one of my favorite places to shop when when it starts getting warm outside. Matt, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: thanks for being on. So today, as spring is about to spring, I guess, um, it hasn't sprung yet, but it's about to, And it could any day. We thought it'd be a great idea since so many of our listeners are both realtors, Nashvilleians, Middle Tennesseans, and probably homeowners who want to do things on their homes, that you would be an awesome guest to talk about what people need to do to get their home ready for spring, whether they're putting it on the market or just want a pretty home. That's right. So I'm just going to open it up, let you tell us about you, your company, what y'all do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having us again. Uh, You know, Gardens of Babylon is a family business. Uh, We started in 2003 in East Nashville and then kind of expanded out to the uh, farmer's market, which is where our retail location is now. And uh, it's me, my brother and father. And from there, we just burgeoned into an amazing team, an amazing company that we have uh, all around. And um, of just full of people that love what they do, love designing, love talking about plants, whether it's interior plants, exterior plants, hardscaping, uh, outdoor living spaces, whatever the case may be. We have an amazing uh, design build team and retail team and maintenance team that really is there for the customer ever since 2003. And and we've really kind of grown from from very small, humble roots, we, we say.
0: Yeah, no pun intended.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we were talking before we came on the show here, and I told Matt. I'm like, that's part of my spring. I can't wait to get out to farmer's market and just sort of wander around and yeah. that your people are always so nice and so helpful. Thank
1: you. Yeah. 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 It's it's fantastic. I mean, that's what we we were kind of talking a little bit before the show and it's really important to, to have a culture of people and surround yourself with those that are really willing to try and help the customer find what they need and, and problem solve with some of the issues. Cause everybody has different skill levels when it comes into the world of plants and caring for plants and landscaping and good features. And so we really try to meet where everybody is in their skill level because you have so many people starting out, you have so many, you know, intermediates and then some professionals that want to, you know, tell you what to do. And so, you kind of really got to gauge that in the beginning, and then take them on that journey because it's it's a lifelong journey. You know, nobody you just don't come in and you know knowing how to care for so many things so easily. And if you did, maybe you had a great grandmother or mother who sh- kind of showed you the way. But a lot of people are still kind of learning the ropes, and so we we like to be there for them.
0: Well, it's funny every spring I relearn the ropes. Yeah, yeah. you know, or I think <laughs> yeah. of a different plant, or as your yard changes and grows, and your trees get bigger your shade and everything changes. Yes. And I've learned because I've been in my house for so long now that where I used to plant hydrangeas, I can't plant those there. I can't even do geraniums anymore right. in my pots because right. they're the shady places. That's right. So it's funny too as you start living in your home longer what you can and can't do.
1: That's right. And you also probably find areas of your home that kind of evolve where you want to spend the most of your time naturally, and which right. is kind of the function aspect of it. And so it's kind of, you know, I'm sure we'll get into talking about, you know, how best to set up a landscape or how best to set up your areas that, you know, bring you enough peace and tranquility, but you kind of naturally graduate towards parts of your yard anyways, without any landscaping. And that tends to start the framework or the, uh, you know, a blueprint of how you should probably landscape your yard or your backyard or something like that. So it's just kind of finding your natural tendencies around your outside that kind of begin the well. Wouldn't this be amazing if we could do this over here, or this over there, or this or that? The visioning process, but yeah, we can get to talking about that all day.
0: Well, as you say that, that's one thing I didn't know that you guys did was help people with their hardscapes and a whole landscaping plan. So, can you talk right. a little bit about that? What Gardens of Babylon does there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, we've been designing and building and maintaining landscapes. Really, for over 15 years, just a couple years into starting the retail uh, business, we, we brought into the design, build, maintenance services. And we have over five full-time landscape designers on staff that start the dreaming, visioning process with the c- customer. And then from there, we get into estimates and then construction details uh, and plans to get that into a reality. But that, that happens at a separate site, a separate office from our retail location, which is at the Nashville Farmers Market. Uh, the design build offices are just a couple miles away in another facility, but um, yeah, that's an amazing love affair that we have. Not only can we help the do it yourselfers because mm-hmm. um, there's plenty of them, thousands of thousands of them here in Nashville, but then there's other projects that are small, medium to large outdoor living spaces that customers just can't do themselves, and so they're needing some help from a you know a full construction company.
0: So, do you work with pool companies too? I know we do. Ones, okay, mm-hmm. do y'all have specific ones or just ones that have? reached out to you or the customer reaches out to you?
1: Yeah. Sometimes uh, the homeowner brings in a pool contractor from time to time. Um, you know, pools are really changing in, in middle Tennessee and I think around the world. I mean, people, there's different pool material constructions uh, from fiberglass walls to uh, above ground raised, um, what I'm trying to say, uh, containerized pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have, we have smaller and smaller yards. And so Again, pools come in so many different budgets. It's just not your, your typical above-ground, deck-around type pool. That's not, that's on the lower end of the value spectrum. And then you have uh, more modern-style containerized pools that are getting made, refurbished out of shipping containers. That we're working with a pool contractor named palamingo Pools here in Nashville that we're working with them on on getting these smaller footprint pools into people's backyards. And then, of course, you have the, the premium finishes, which are the concrete and the... Um, finished, you know, kidney-shaped or, or, you know, in-ground gunite, what we call pools mm-hmm. that are premium finishes. They look extraordinary. Um, but sometimes people don't have the budgets to go all the way on into a, a high-tier, you know, uh, uh, pool like that. So there's there are more and more options for yeah. people that are looking for water features. And, you know, just these little plunge pools, you know, 6 by 8 or 8 by 12 can be really little fantastic getaways for people looking for a little bit of water in their backyard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is your most common ask, I guess, for hardscapes?
1: Sitting areas, outdoor entertaining areas, you know, fire pit areas, uh, or, you know, uh, outdoor kitchen type areas, but at the basic level, um, it's just a sitting area mm-hmm. uh, for people to kind of gather uh, with their kids or their friends or their family, whether it's around a fire feature, whether it's a fire, uh, you know, water feature or just plants and landscaping or raised beds, gardening or something like that. People just want to sit outdoors and they want to be comfortable. They want to send in some shade, preferably, you know, um, around sunsets or sunrises, something to either start the day or end the day with just in kind of a peaceful, private setting. Historically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, not interesting because that's how my backyard is set up Mm -hmm. for very peaceful, peaceful living. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, it is beautiful.
1: Yeah, Gardens of Babylon is for we're trying it's our that's our brand message and intention is to connect people with their outdoor living areas, you know, and connect people to nature, period, because we feel we're always better if we can get closer to nature. You know, life is hectic, life is crazy. And if we can just step outside for a little bit, it's almost like a reset button. Same thing for adults and same thing if you have children. You know you understand what the reset button is if you take your kid outside. I know my my daughter does so much better. If you can just get outside a little yeah. bit and breathe some fresh air and mm-hmm. your own plants, it, it, it's, it's very powerful.
0: Yep, yep. So you guys offer irrigation services as mm-hmm. well? Oh, yeah. That's one thing as a realtor when we're helping a client get their house ready to go on the market. Landscaping yeah. is such a big piece of that. And not that this has to do with irrigation, but I do want to get on to irrigation, is that people will put their plants, whether... Whatever to have it for that first showing, that first weekend, Mm. and then they never water it again. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind my clients, like, now don't forget to water your flowers. And Mm. it's just funny how some people that's their thing having flowers, plants, and for others, it is like so foreign to them, correct? You know, because I think watering a flower, watering your flower pots is just what you do,
1: yeah, but it's (laughs) not everybody
0: thinks that way, no, (laughs) it requires.
1: It requires a certain individual to kind of slow down a little bit. And and if they're used to working at a certain pace of life or work or career or family, you know, having living plants that require a little bit of slowing down to care for is just not in a lot of, you know, mindsets of people until they learn, you know, why the therapy of having plants. Some people think it's just too much work. But then a lot of people then gravitate to the side of, you know, I'm slowing down. I'm just watering this plant. I'm being present with whatever I'm doing outside around my landscape. But it's tough, you know, if you're not used to that world of flower pots or new plantings around the yard. Yeah, it's a little bit of a change.
0: Yeah. One of the best days of my life was when I had irrigation installed. (laughs) Just for the, you know, just for the show. Now, I Uh like, I think it's very zen in the morning when I water my plotted Uh plants and my flowers out back and out front. Yeah. And it's just quiet. You know, it's still early and just quiet and yeah. nice yeah. so I like that yeah. I'm,
2: a, I'm a waterer yeah but um I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> with that Matt I will yeah. impress you with my one piece of knowledge for um, taking care of my plants outside I know that at Super Bowl time I need to clip back my hydrangeas how about that I don't know where that came from <laughs> that is heard the that. only piece of yeah. knowledge that I know that That's I can good. pass on to people but it I works. am I am learning yeah and I was really excited about this podcast 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 today because I thought I'm going to absorb all of this information. And maybe this spring, I'm going to get some pots and maybe plant some things. Do
0: it, girl. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So you just brought up such an excellent point. (laughs) Because I'm always confused when to trim back my hydrangeas and my crepe myrtles. Yeah. Is that at the end of the season? So you kind of want to
1: split your uh, shrubs, shrubbery. We'll start with shrubbery because there's shrubs, trees, and perennials. You know, three categories. But at least far shrubs go. Uh, You know, you got your evergreens, you know, the the ones that hold their leaves all year long. And then you got your ones that lose their leaves in the wintertime, deciduous. So, you know, so you can kind of split those two into two things. Most deciduous plants do best getting pruned right before spring flowering. So that Super Bowl or Valentine's or Super Bowl, I've heard these events right around February, March time, uh, you're you're welcome to pr- prune most, most deciduous things. Um, you know, old blooming hydrangeas that flowered on old wood, we don't have to get too technical. They're starting to fade away in the new hybridized plant world. It's all blooming on new wood, so you don't have to worry about cutting your uh, old blossoms. If you know you have an old hydrangea, and it blooms on old wood. It's not good to cut it off in uh, February because you're cutting the blooms. Uh, but mostly, that you're, anything that you bought in the store in the last four or five years uh, is most likely a new flowering hydrangea. And you can always ask your garden center associate, and they'll tell you if it's uh, uh, new wood or old wood. But most of that is pr- trim your deciduous stuff February, around Super Bowl, around Valentine's Day. I'm making and notes. Then, <laughs> and then evergreens. <laughs> Evergreens are pretty uh, flexible, but you don't really want, you just don't want to be pruning evergreens in the fall leading into wintertime because that new growth is going to get burned by the winter cold and, and cause damage. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're best to prune evergreens usually spring, early summer, uh, or spring or summer, uh, those two main seasons.
0: I don't even know if I knew
1: you pruned evergreens. You can if if people if people have laurels or hollies that yeah, get okay. out of, get out of control or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, you can usually prune them. Uh, you know, April, May, June, July, no problem. Okay,
0: so you're defining an old plant more than five or six years old. For, for hydrangeas. hydrangeas. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: just hydrangeas are the only old wood and new wood. People kind of get wrapped up. Almost, that's the only thing you have to worry about as far as uh, that goes. And Nico Blue is still the gold standard for the old wood hydrangea, mm-hmm. if you even know you had a Nico Blue. But most all hydrangeas on the market today are all new wood. So you could still you, you can pretty much prune those uh, in February, March, without the worry of cutting off the bloom.
0: Okay, because mine are all old. so
1: Yeah, and so you might know that. So you might have accidentally done that one February your march cut them back and say and, you know, that springtime where's my blooms i'm not getting any blooms what happened that's what happened okay and so you can cut those back typically around after they bloom after they finish blooming if you want to clean them up cu- cu- cut them back in the summertime
0: okay good deal after bloom. so let's talk about our nikos um those are the bright blue i love Big old mop heads. them yeah, um, yes yeah. do you how do you get them to be bluer I mean, I've heard of the acid in the soil. That's you do right. something with the soil? It's all
1: based on soil pH. Okay. The more acidic that soil is, the bluer the color. Uh, and the more alkaline the soil is, the pink. And we have nat- our natural soils here tend to lean more alkaline. So mm-hmm. most, unless you're acidifying the soils, are going to be pink. Um, and these are the mop head hydrangeas. Right. And uh, and, and mop heads are new wood and old wood, but along with the mop heads, then we have the paniculatus, which are the long white oakleaf hydrangeas. Well, that's a crucifolia, but... um, there's uh, limelights, if you're familiar with limelight hydrangeas, big whites. Yes, those, you know, those, I have those. Those mm-hmm. are great. Um, those are blooming on new wood, so you can prune those in early springtime, no problem. But those white flowers, you can't change the colors of those. It's just the mop head big mm-hmm. ball pink or blues. So. And
0: mine are lavender right now, so I know I'm like, y'all are right in between. Y'all right. eat, And mm-hmm. I want you I want back blue. Although yeah, they're cute right. when they're pink, mm-hmm. but um,
1: yeah. I want them back that vibrant blue. Yeah, so you can acidify um, with things like sulfur, pelletized sulfur. You can try to keep, you know, mulching with uh, coffee grounds, you know, amending with, dump your coffee grounds continually around oh, them. Oh, Kind of know. work those into yeah. the soil constantly if you have a, an excess of coffee grounds or, uh, you know, mulching with pine mulch or pine straw. But pelletized sulfur is the uh, is the golden element there to really get them blue.
2: Is pennies in the soil? Is that an old wise tale?
1: You know, I've never tried it. I, I have, I've
0: heard <laughs> I've it. Heard that I've heard of it.
2: Or a nail, a galvanized nail. I don't nail. know how
1: long that takes <laughs> yeah. to, to actually get your hydrangeas blue, so it might be a couple years, but uh, it could work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of natural gardening myths and and, and solutions that I, I know are out there. I just <laughs> yes. haven't
2: personally tried them, so I can't uh, vouch for them. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bay. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first time homebuyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1761767.
0: So how did y'all get started in the gardening business?
1: Oh man. Long time ago in a faraway land (laughs) in uh, 2003, my father uh, was into home restoration and painting uh, and he had that company and uh, for about 15, 20 years while we were growing up, me and my brother helped him in the service end of it around Westmead. And we've worked on so many homes around Westmead and Bellmead and Forest Hills and when we were teenagers, late teens, he kind of got burnt out and wanted to start gardening and landscaping. That was one of his side passions, and and uh, we got to know uh, Meg and Brett McFadgen, of owner, the owners of Art and Invention Gallery, right there in Five Points, mm-hmm. and they had a piece, small piece of property that uh, they were looking to do something with, and they got to chatting, and there and and Mark said, "Well, I'll start a garden center. You know, I've always wanted to do something like that." And then two thousand three, that came around, and um, he. We're talking to Brett. Brett was a uh, just an amazing brainstormer, and they got to coming up with uh, the name. Why don't you call yourself you know self Gardens of Babylon? We're the uh, Garage Mahal. They're you know yeah. was aptly named the Garage Mahal, and you could be the Gardens of Babylon. We could be the you know Wonders of East Nashville, and so that just kind of stuck. And <laughs> I never knew and that. We story. just rolled with it, and so uh, we started Gardens. I don't know how we owned Gardens of Babylon com, the website. You know, URL that was yeah. really hard to get by back in the day around mm-hmm. internet. Times and uh, so yeah, that's, that's what that's what we stuck. And then two years later, we heard a spot at the Nashville Farmers Market uh, was opening up the old Betty Smith Nursery location mm-hmm. for many years. She was um moving on, and so we just put in a bid and, and we got it, and we've been at the Farmers Market ever since. It's seen just a massive amount of change, yeah, that, that has mm-hmm. gone on, yeah, in downtown Nashville.
0: With, oh my gosh, without a doubt. Because in 2000, and <sighs> when did y'all move to Farmers Market? 2006, and six, yeah. Or five or six, yeah. Winter of five, yeah, five. So or they six. were just now starting to build the very first condos in That's '05, right. mm-hmm. the Viridian. Ireland Street. Yeah, Veridian you know, just
1: in the Gulch. Yep. I mean, that, that that was just like an outlier yeah. there. I remember that. Yep. You know? It's kind of weird. Like it's, living downtown is that a thing? You know? Well,
0: living in Germantown, yeah. then, too. That's it's right. Like, Germantown. People were just coming to because I always think of Farmer's Market being more Germantown than downtown, even mm-hmm. though it's just sort of it sort of defines downtown to Germantown. It's yeah. like the gateway. That's right, and. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, you'd go to the farmer's market, and it's like, ooh, where are you going? Like, my granddaddy <laughs> would take us there, uh-huh, and we had uh-huh. no idea where we were going.
1: A lot of history, you know, and then, you know, people then kind of got scared to go downtown. Right. And, and you know, it just people weren't living in and uh, working. They were working downtown, but they weren't living downtown. Correct. And so, you know, National Farmer's Market, and then and they built the Tennessee State Museum and, and all of that, you know, North Capitol Mall. area, mm-hmm. Bicentennial Mall, and all the events that are going on now. It's, it's just fabulous. It's really in the, in the you know, ballpark, the, you know, sound ballpark over there so right it's really a whole new area for sure
0: so if you were going to have the most impact for the least amount of money on yeah. your
1: yard mm-hmm.
0: what would you recommend doing
1: you know just a good cleanup and mulch does wonders to to frame the front if we're talking you know curb appeal yeah front, correct you know, curb you know, appeal. If mm-hmm. we're really just talking curb appeal it's just amazing uh of what Pruning, you know, proper pruning and uh, and weeding and mulching mm-hmm. will do to a home, and that doesn't cost a lot. Most of the time, it's the do-it-yourselfer that wants to get out there and and pull the weeds, mulch, and and do some pruning back. That's that's number one, mm-hmm. you know. And if you got, you know, if you're really trying to. Show place the home, you know, show off the home. Then you you might want to remove a shrub or two if, if it's kind of overgrown mm-hmm. or the trees are in the place of 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 that, you know, of of a new homeowner or new buyers looking at the house. You want to maybe clear out some old shrubbery or trees that are just kind of overgrowing the porch or the side. You know, just kind of clean it up a little bit, do some removals um, and then, you know, that's that's the bulk of it. I don't feel like you have to go overboard too much and that's what a lot of people do to kind of spruce up the, the fronts. In the backyard is kind of a, can be a larger project, but the front, just a good cleanup is a really solid way to start.
0: And do you guys do that? If a client of ours called y'all and said, hey, we're about to put our house on the market, do y'all do the yard cleanup or do you recommend the homeowner just to do that?
1: You know, it really kind of comes down to the turnaround time. Mm -hmm. You know, I know we worked a lot with homeowners. We still do that are either new homeowners that are um, just come into a house or the ones that are trying to put it on the market. A lot of times... What happens is, you know, homeowner's coming onto them or wanting to put their house on the market. The real estate agent says, hey, you, your landscape really could use a little, you know, clean up. W- we want to be listing your house in the next, you know, two, three weeks. You really got to clean it up. Right now, I mean, fortunately, our backlog is, you know, four to six weeks out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, and and people don't understand, we just, at the drop, we don't have the ability at a drop of a hat to come and do a cleanup for for homes that are trying to get listed in in one to two weeks, um, just because our backlog fills up so much for people trying to do projects. But we do, we certainly do cleanups. If there isn't a a dramatic uh, need for quick turnaround time, absolutely. Yeah, we do clean, we do tons of cleanups every springtime, Mm -hmm. you know, February, March, April. Um, you know it's a really great time and I'd say just for people that uh, trying to get on schedules early. If you have a, you know, a trusted landscaper or a trusted company really trying to get on their schedules early, like start having this conversation or projects, you know, you want to do something for your spring, you want to have it spring ready by April or May, you know, th- those con- kind of design conver- conversations and cleanup conversations really needed to be started December and January. Right. Um, and then you know, get the material selection. There's, you know, a couple weeks back and forth of the exact plan. And then, you know, and then getting on the production schedule for the other homeowners that were in before you to get it. And then sometimes some projects take two to four to six weeks, Yeah, you know, so there's that too.
0: Exactly. So most of America right now is struggling with employees. Mm -hmm. Has y'all been affected? I mean, I know family businesses, you've got family plus your employees. Are y'all doing a okay with all that?
1: You know, we're doing it the best we can. Uh, it is, it's definitely a challenge. Um, Owning a business and operating your business in in today's you know, business landscape is just a challenge. It really has gotten to be, uh, you know, your best ever. And, you know, we're kind of talking a little bit again about culture and it really does start with culture because, you know, happy employees tell friends and then, you know, good, you know, they bring in other, you know, friends of theirs as well. And we have had to maintain a good culture and treating employees as fair as possibly we can and creating an environment that people want to come and work towards every single day. And luckily we've been, able to hang on and retain a, a good amount of employees, you know, being an, an, a, an older company, we can do that. And then, you know, and, and offer opportunities either in career ladders or offer other opportunities, because as we continue to grow, and we've been really fortunate in Nashville to continue growing, to be able to offer, you know, career paths for all different types of positions in sure. the company. Yeah. So, yeah, we, you know, Knock on wood. We've actually feel pretty advent, you know, we we feel pretty good, good about where we've been and what we've been able to maintain for getting back to customers, getting work done in a you know, reasonable amount of time yeah
0: and correct me if i'm wrong you guys have trucks i mean y'all are out and about yeah yeah Yeah. the the first time i saw gardens i'm like wait what you know because i really thought y'all were just retail for so long Oh Mm -hmm. yeah
1: that was the kind of common the common misconception it was the hardest thing to try and that's amazing now because that's kind of our face of our company our retail but you know hopefully if you go down to the retail you should you should see tvs you should see posters everything about our design build services and and trying to speak to that i don't know what I guess it was the trucks that probably kicked it over in your mind. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. oh, oh, wow, that, that doesn't look like a garden center truck. So, yeah, that was the hardest thing to try to, as a business owner to say, hey, yeah, we do. We do a lot of design build services as well. Yeah. Well,
0: your website's great. Thank I you. I mean, it's very easy to navigate for what you're wanting to. To get to yeah yeah mm-hmm. we just
1: got it redone really important but uh, it took a long longer than we thought it always does <laughs> yeah. wow.
0: it always does
1: yeah yeah but but really important trying to get the messaging out um, for what we're doing there and and, and you know a new thing that we're kind of launching this year which we're really excited about is uh, natural lawn and soil uh, programs healthcare programs so you know it's kind of an, in a, it's a, a division of the landscape co- company of homeowners that are looking for uh, lawn care services or soil biological healthcare you know, in reviving older trees or older shrubs that kind of thing and so we're taking on a natural lawn care department uh, where we'll be using more sustainable biological practices to really boost the vitality and health of a lawn um, to really get it the, the way it really, you know, should be looking and healthy. So that's kind of what we're excited about, but that's that's a whole new branch that we're kind of kicking off as well. So, nice. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the uh, on the marketing train, branding on, on trying to get around that word wow. out for that.
0: Good, good, yeah. good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But everything we try to do as far as, you know, natural and organics, Sustainable approach. That's kind of what we're rooted in, and we have been since day one. And so we're always trying to offer these types of solutions to homeowners first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's not that we won't rely on a synthetic um, treatment if it absolutely calls for it. You know, you have to be really balanced in your approach. You just can't sometimes be one way all the way. There, there's, there is there is something to be said for you know uh, a holistic approach uh, and um, a treatment but we lean towards sustainable practices with everything that we do, because we found that in the long term, plants, soils, grasses, trees, just do better uh, in that approach. Water, you know, street, you know, uh, runoff, uh, insects, Everything does better if you can lean towards more sustainable practices.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, have you ever seen? Well, I'm sure you do. Y'all see some crazy stuff. <laughs> do you have like, like a crazy
1: I was bizarro? Think, I was thinking yeah. about that uh, as far as talking points prior to and. You know, we haven't found Jimmy Hoffa yet. (laughs) Uh, We're we're still looking. We're still planting. We're still digging. Uh, Still digging. (laughs) We might might find him one day, but for right now, it's 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 mainly just old septic tanks, old water wells, or uh, uh, or pump houses. What used to be old pump houses in the ground, cisterns, Um, cisterns, that kind of thing. Unfortunately, we sometimes run into the the. The gas pipe, or the the, the cable, AT and T, or you know oh, Google yeah. Fiber, something that something that wasn't marked or something, because we do have to call eight one one before every one of our projects begin. Sometimes you're either mismarked or they're not labeled or something like that. And, and we hit something unfortunate. But luckily, you know, knock on wood, nothing yeah. that we can't repair or fix. That just happens. You know, we can't catch everything in the soil, you know, before right. we start excavating and stuff like that. But nothing too outside the ordinary. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, no graves, no, no unfortunately, <laughs> nothing like that, you know.
0: Well, it's funny. One of our agents and also my aunt lives in East Nashville and both of them have lived in houses, one in Lachlan Springs and one in... Um, Eastwood neighbors uh-huh. that their yards were full of snakes. I mean, it was the really? most random thing. Thing. I mean, my aunt would Ooh. send me pictures. I mean, I was like, I would not be able to sleep at oh, night knowing no, I had a snaky.
1: We haven't come yard. across a yard full of nest, snake nests or anything. That, like, thank God. Yeah. Poison yeah. ivy more than anything. Yeah. that just and made me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's dangerous. I mean, that is dangerous for a lot of people because they're allergic to it. But no, no major snakes. I mean, the, you know, the occasional moles and voles sure. nests mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and rabbits, yeah. but nothing major. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Good gosh. to know. Ooh, yeah. That gives me <laughs> yeah. The <hebees>. Right. He'd be <laughs> big yeah, I don't time. I like
0: and last question, do you landscape your own yard or does Gardens of Babylon come and do yours? Both. Okay. <laughs> Big
1: B. You know, the maintenance of it, uh, the mowing and the mulching, the pruning, I definitely have help with them and uh, the lawn care, that kind of thing. But planting, I still like to get my hands in the soil. Mm-hmm. We, we have a raised bed in the backyard. I also belong to a CSA because I realized I kind of downgraded my twenties. I had eight raised beds oh, wow. and I just didn't eat eight raised beds worth of produce every year. I couldn't keep up with it all. And then as my life changed, I, you know, I, I got into more entertaining and more, and you know, I wanted a patio that Gardens of Babylon helped me install and a fire pit and a uh, seating area. And so now I've got, you know, two raised bed areas in a CSA and that's how I, you know, uh, do the produce for me and my family, but I still like to get the hands out in the dirt. It's definitely still stress relieving. Uh, yeah. For, even for me uh, to get out there a little bit and uh, do a little something, but, um,
0: I feel the same way. I love that weekend. It may not be the right. very first warm weekend, but one of the first early weekends where mm-hmm. you just start getting your yard ready, get right. your patio furniture back out, cleaned up. It feels
1: amazing, doesn't it? It yeah. does. I
0: mean, I'm sore now for two days. I'm like, yeah. how can I be this out of shape that like working in my yard for two days it just like it's a great exercise. kills me? Yeah. But yeah. uh but it feels good. I'm like, Oh, hello, muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't know you were there.
1: Mental and physical health. Yeah, it sure it is.
0: Throw some good music on. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things.
1: People get a lot of cabin fever, man. This is the time, right Gosh. around that February, March transition mm-hmm. where I know, I don't know about you, but it's definitely been a little bit colder. Uh, yeah, it's been a snowier, colder winter. iceier winter, I can mm-hmm. remember because I haven't been able to be able to get outside as much in January at all. But uh, I know everybody just kind of get that itch.
0: Right. You know. So when is the best time to start planting your annuals?
1: Yeah. So it's a good question. And it kind of leads into the conversation of annuals and Vegetables, You know, because mm, and, and yeah. in those two worlds, uh, you have your cool weather vegetables and your cool weather annuals and your warm weather annuals and your warm weather vegetables. And so your cool weather annuals being like your pansies, your snapdragons, uh, and a couple others. Those can get start get planted right around that um, early March time. They can take a light frost. Yeah, same thing with like kale's and broccolis. Sometimes if you're starting from seed, if they're hot house grown or greenhouse grown, you might want to wait till mid March uh, just to be safe. But you know, to be on the safe side, uh, cool weather can go in early. Uh, say mid March, and then your warm weather. And this is what I really try. always have told people is definitely with annuals as well uh, that you you are right on you know the tax season for us april 15th is kind of our frost date area for and and so as much as you're probably wanting to get out and get something in the ground whether tomatoes or pepper plants or, or spring plants you know you more or less want to spend more time planning and or prepping beds or getting pottery you know for these types of things in 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 the early april time uh, amending your soils if you're going to be planting them in the ground but waiting to really waiting till end of april early May to be planting tomatoes and peppers uh, and warm season geraniums and petunias and stuff like that. Because we definitely, I've been in the business long enough to know that we definitely have gotten some frosts. The third week of April, yeah, and cool weather and wet weather. Fourth week of April, and tomatoes and peppers and warm season vegetables just don't do well. They it's they they tend to get more funguses and diseases, bacterial leaf spots and stuff like that in the cool, wet weather, um, especially peppers. If, and if you have, if you struggle with peppers, just wait till May, mid May, to get those in the ground, and even most a lot of tomatoes as well. Just they like it hot and dry, but with good. You know, moisture in the soil. That's how they perform well. They do not like cool and wet weather.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Well, we could go on. I could go on yes. for hours on landscaping because I love it. Yeah. But all good things must come to an end. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so sure. maybe you can come back out another time. That's right. Maybe next yeah. fall when we yeah. talk about getting your house ready for fall.
1: Happy to jump on wherever, we talk seasonal because there's definitely different seasonal components to landscaping and where people need to be spending more or less time or they're more focused but right now it's just cleaning up you know getting ready for you know plan and that's the biggest thing we advocate for is getting some sort of a plan for if you want to do some outdoor living spaces whether you bring pictures uh, of your space down to the garden center and you're do it yourself or you're wanting to get some ideas feel free to take you know pictures and have some rough dimensions and uh you know, come on down, preferably during a weekday. You sure. know, it gets a little crazy in the, on the weekends, but you know, spend, you know, our garden associates are happy to spend a half hour, 45 minutes talking about ideas and uh, about your pictures and area there that you can do yourself, uh, or you know, scheduling phone consults for you know, design build services. We can do that as well. But a good plan really goes a long way. It keeps you from doing too much to your yard that then you have to change in your know, mm-hmm. year later because those shrubs are going to get way too big for that space and you didn't think that through. So, uh, having a good plan is really pretty solid.
0: Yeah. Well, I must say I have total spring fever right now. Uh I cannot wait.
1: Uh (laughs) I can't wait. I can see that look in your eyes. (laughs) Well, good good luck with everything you're doing this springtime.
0: Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to the, to the next one. So you guys, if you have any questions about your yard or, planting or anything, go to your website, which is gardensofbabylon.com. That's right. And it's an awesome website like we were talking about. And if you have any questions for Heather or myself, email us at podcast at com. Again, that's podcast at Estate.com. Have a great day. See you next time. Yeah. Thank you. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com.
2: Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.